my name is Juan and you're listening to Birthing Babes podcast. This episode of Babe number 12 will be split into two parts, the birth and the business. The first part is a bit echoey as we couldn't figure out why the microphone wasn't working remotely, but it's still good content, you guys. Yeah, um, same. Before I was pregnant, my skin was flawless and I'm not being thick. Um, yeah, but I was also on the <laughs> I was also on the pill. Yeah, um, so maybe, but then yeah, the moment I was pregnant, there's just mm. pimples everywhere, and then it it just didn't yeah. stop. Yeah, out. yeah, I had quite bad skin. Well, not it's not being that bad. It's just like oily and prone to a aggressive spot. And I'm a real picker too. Like when I get stressed, oh. I'm like, oh, and so when. I, pregnant with him they all went away yeah. and I was like I am the embodiment of radiance and then ever <laughs> since I had him particularly every time I get my period before and after it's like a minefield oh. it's so horrible and even without attacking my skin they come up because usually you know you aggravate it yeah 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 it's really upsetting you know <laughs> <laughs> I get the hormonal um, yeah. skin ones before I get my period now. I never, also before him, I never ever, like another one on my face, but never on my neck. And I've been getting them like mm. near my ears. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm like, what? and they're like really like blind and aggressive. It's very <laughs> upsetting. <laughs> very emotional way to start this chat. <laughs> it's real. It is real. How are you um, going? Good. I'm good. I was about to say something else. It's probably too much information, but I found, no, I, I found, um, mustaches, but yes. I know everyone has hair on their mouth, Yeah, but mm. these ones are getting darker and darker and yeah. to the point where I'm like, do I just rock it? <laughs> do I just add a little bit of no? <laughs> do I really just make it my signature look? Well, you know what? I don't hate the sound. <laughs> no one would question me, mainly no. because I'm Asian and we're no. pretty quirky. Like no one yeah. questioned, no one questioned me when I was sick one time because um, the doctor thought I had measles mm. and I had to rock a mask. Mm. No one looked at me twice. Oh my god, true! <laughs> Being part of your loop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And speaking of that, look, when I was in Japan at the, um, I actually wasn't, I'm trying to think whether it was in Japan or when I was in Guangzhou. It was um, at an airport overseas and there was this girl and she had like a mask on. She looked so stunning with it on and she yeah. was just like all these like filters, but like sex <laughs> masks, filters. And stuff. I was like, gosh, I could never rock that. I would look genuinely sick if I had that. I would be put in quarantine. okay before we go on let's tell everyone who you are and yeah i mean you don't know based on my (laughs) my travel mask um all right so hi there my name is rachel burke and i'm an artist and designer based in brisbane australia (laughs) how is it going in brisbane at the moment uh, yeah, it's good. It is very hot. Um, and because I don't drive, I've not been leaving the house too much yeah. because um, spicy times outside. But mm-hmm. it's good in Brisbane. Um, obviously, end of the year, everything's a little bit quiet at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's just same old, same old here in Brizzy. Rachel, um, it's, um, it's the beginning of the year now. 
it's begun. Pardon, sorry? The year has begun. Oh. Yeah. Um, yes, the year has begun. <laughs> a new decade. I actually felt, I don't usually get very like emotional or anything at the end of the year, you know, for mm. New Year's. Mm. Like I like New Year's because I like a reason to be festive, but um, I never usually get like sad or like down mm. at the end of the year. But this year I felt really like nostalgic and like I think I was really feeling the symbolism of like the end of the decade. Yeah. Um, and so I've really chosen as well to be like, it's a new decade, anything is possible. Because yeah. um, towards the end of 2019 I was just like, I feel like the world, um, like my world was trying to fling me some life lessons. Yeah. And so I was like, I am done here. <laughs> Let's wrap this up and I'll start 2020 fresh. With Let's just have a chilled yeah. 2020. Yes, yeah. Not a whole decade. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> what about you? Um, how are you feeling at the end of the year? I don't know. I, you know, I, I see a lot of people talking. I didn't even think that, and maybe this might sound super selfish, maybe because it mm. is, but mm. a lot of people wrote about, if you're unhappy or lonely in the in this festive time, just remember it's okay. You know, mm. you're not alone. Blah blah blah. And I didn't. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, because yeah. Everyone around me, and you know, especially in the media and social media and whatnot, are happy. Mm. Everyone in that algorithm is happy, but yes. obviously there are people like yeah, it's such so heartbreaking. There are people so much less fortunate and mm. absolutely think about it at the end of the year the idea of not having the support and like also just the presence of family yeah it's sort of, so sad even like I feel like we're so lucky to have in so many ways joyful things to reflect on from the decade mm. um not to be a Debbie Downer but it is it's quite like sobering to think like oh what if your decade was you know not a highlights reel but yeah. you know the struggles and all this sort of thing so yeah and obviously with the fires and stuff going on it's pretty oh, yes it feels really actually that's one thing I'm feeling about this as much as I'm like oh I want to like feel you know empowered and renewed for the decade it can't help but feel like a little bit of a bleak beginning like yeah. it's like every morning you wake up and you see the news you see social media is filled with these horrible tragic stories mm. um it really puts into perspective as well, not only how lucky you are, but also like, what is the state of this world? What is the state of the future? Where is this all going? Like, yeah. it's um, like particularly timed with the beginning of the year and like reflection. It's just a lot. It's a lot to think about. Yeah. Um, particularly if you were affected by these things as well, like losing your home um, or a loved one or yeah. something like that. God. Yeah. I, I even I got stuck yesterday just thinking about all the animals like yeah. 500 million babies gone all the little baby animals like it's just crazy yeah, yeah um, a video I don't know if you've seen it a few weeks ago mm. I don't know it was in Canberra or New South Wales I can't remember where the fire was it seems to be everywhere at the moment um yeah and a lady rescued a car oh, yeah. by taking her top off. Yeah, yeah. And you would. Like, God, yeah. That's the thing because you're just like, oh, my God. I feel like, yeah, if you just saw a little a little animal there, like I feel like everyone connected with that too because mm. it's just like that's such a sign. Like she, that's just like such a sign of love. Like she yeah. obviously just didn't really think about herself and just 
um, went for it. Mm. Um, and I think with those animals, like there's so much vulnerability there, you know, like yeah. they can't articulate how, how it's affecting them or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's a lot. It's a big, big start to the year. And it also feels like, Oh, yeah, I like there's a feeling of a little bit of helplessness as well because you're like there, obviously there are things you can do um but also um feels a bit like oh my god but there's always something more you could do what can yeah. I do like all these questions yeah um and also I can't help but be like gosh in addition to all this terrible stuff happening it all feels like so politically charged as yeah. well but like because it's so politicized it's so complicated and only adds to the bleakness, I feel, particularly when we're looking to our leaders and they're just not giving us what we want. Yeah. Um, and it feels quite hopeless because yeah. they're not giving us any hope. It feels like, like the leaders do. are starting to let down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> Welcome to the next decade. I've been well. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I've been good. I've been yeah. taking a break, actually. Good for you. Yeah. Are you taking a... You're not taking a break this year. I have I have wound down a little bit, to be honest. I mm. took a bit of a chill pill over this festive season. So mm. definitely took a break, wound down. I was really needing it. I was starting to feel... And, you know, like I was starting to feel a bit whelmed by the internet. And I feel I definitely needed to have a little break from mm. the socials. Um, and even just like doing the same work, I, I reckon you would yeah connect with this. I thought like we've talked a tiny bit about this. Yeah. Producing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Like you, I feel like you're so much more susceptible to burnout. So mm-hmm. I've really t- taken a minute to like just pause on the tinsel and do some other stuff. Yeah. Um, just like obviously kind of like, out. Um, yeah. Fresh. Refresh your yes. brain. Um, you yeah. know what I mean. Have a perspective on as well. See the bigger picture. Yeah. Think about the um have some coffees and pastries hug mm. the babies all these things yeah and how's Hugo your boy uh yeah he's really good um he's at this really funny stage he's about to enter you know that wonder weeks thing did you read that yeah, yeah. how old sorry how old is Hugo now so he is seven and a half months right yep. yeah um how old you been? she is um <laughs> she is 20 months. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mentioned that for a while. I think when he hits the, like, one year, I'm going to give up on the months then. Yeah. Because the months already are overwhelming me. Well, I, I thought I would too because yeah. I'm not going to be that person who goes, she is uh, 42 months. <laughs> I don't even know how old that is. But oh, my I, God. It's a habit. <laughs> we just, now we just kind of go, okay, she's almost two, but then someone will go, yeah. oh, how close yeah I think 18 months is 19 months wind up the months yeah Yeah. um Mm -hmm. but yeah Mm. she's good she's um she is well Dan took her out of the house so the house is quiet Um, yeah but she I think she's I don't know, either teething or sleepy. It's always one of those. Um, oh, the eternal teething. My mum has been telling me that Hugo has been teething legitimately since the moment he was born. There is so much tooth inside. It's I just love how people use it to explain anything though yeah. as well. Yeah. But there could genuinely be teething. That's why it's such a like mind time. Because you're like, it could genuinely be that. No. 
Oh. Also, I'm like, where are your teeth? You're seven months. But as I was saying, he was, um, so he's seven and a half months. We're doing the Wonder Weeks thing. He's yeah. just about to uh, leap six. So he yeah. started to be a little spicy this week. And he's yeah. been like, I'm telling you, it is demonic <laughs> scream. It's funny. It's like, I don't know if you found, like, over the course of his awake time, like, because I'm a real routine person with him. And, yeah. like, he has a awake period. and um, at the beginning, he's a small angel, and then over the course of the two hours, he like loses his shit. <laughs> and then by the end of the two hours, he's literally like, ah! <laughs> it's like It is just really ramped up in the last few days where it sounds like he's being possessed by the end. And it's like, oh, now it's sleepy time. I can't understand. You're yeah. screaming. I don't um, like, follow, I didn't follow Wonder Week super closely, but I could tell um, mm. if she's not teething, I could tell when yeah. she's on her, like she's in the leap or it's super close yeah, because yeah. she turned, yeah. like what you said, into a mm. demon. Um, I find yeah. it so spooky how like, they, obviously so much research has gone into it, but it's, he's like a clock, like it yeah. feels like, or at least I'm projecting it on him and it's, <laughs> it's seemingly matching up, but um yeah, I find all that, that stuff fascinating and helpful just to even ex- even explain things that maybe it's not fact, but it's funny when you're like, oh, you're being a demon and then you flip to your little book and you're like, oh, oh, this is, this is why you're a demon because they're entering leap six. And I'm like, oh, I feel good now. I feel good now. I, really I, can like, I really like reading what they're going through as in like um, what new things they're doing. Yes. Yeah, really interesting. Like, oh, now your baby knows consequences. Yeah. If, if they drop this, it means blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, now your baby's like may have a memory as well. <laughs> I find that really interesting that like before six months or something, obviously it's just like, you know, colours and feelings and all that sort of stuff. But it's crazy that like when they start to, you know, be able to have the capacity to remember something. Yeah. I'm like, why can't you remember this time? This is a key time they need to remember. <laughs> you will always respect me and how much I love you. <laughs> I actually asked Akira um, yesterday when I was putting her to sleep. So I tried to talk to her a lot like, what did you do today? When I was nursing her to sleep, even though she doesn't, you know, she's still, she's saying words but not talking because yeah. she's a baby. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I'm like, do you remember when you were born? Do you remember that moment? <laughs> and you're like, because I do. I I'll always remember. I'll always cherish it. Um, on that note, I guess let's talk about. Yeah. Let's talk about your pregnancy first. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah. How did um, how did she go? Uh, so I had a, I had a good pregnancy. I had, there were definitely like some things, uh, some things like I did have, look, I'm going to say I had an implantation bleed, but I did another podcast where I talked about my birth and there were a lot of people that then were like, that's not an implantation bleed. So I'm going to say I was told I had a big implantation bleed at the what beginning. Is that? Sorry. So what happened was I was like off on a shoot and, um, I had just, I had, I recently found out I was pregnant. I think it was like nine weeks. Um, I went to the toilet and I was all this blood and I like freaked out that I was having a miscarriage um, because obviously I was like, you know, a bit of a catastrophizer slash hypochondriac. I was like, well, this 
this is this is it. Um, and I just jumped to that conclusion. But I had to go to hospital, called the doctor, and they also confirmed like my fear. They were like, "This sounds like a miscarriage if you're this early and you're bleeding mm-hmm. um, heavily." Uh, and I got to the hospital. And they, oh, it was really sucky too. This is just like the microwave version. Um, but they couldn't give me an ultrasound because they they said that if I was having a miscarriage, I wasn't priority because there's nothing they could do to stop it. So I would just have to go through the motions and there were people who needed um, an ultrasound more who had like confirmed injuries. Right. And that was so rough to hear because it really put me in my place as well um, because obviously when you're going through something like that you just think like you know you're the priority and you know what well, is happening to you yeah the attention and help me and I, I found that really difficult to swallow because I just wanted to know what was going on and I was interstate too so I felt a bit disoriented um, oh, and uh, she yeah she the, the doctor said that it did sound like the amount of blood right. sounded like carriage or something uh, but she did say also that she was going to test my hcg levels and um text them through to me on my flight home because uh, she was like just go home in case something bad has happened you'll want to have your family to support right. so trot home um and she said i'll text you though to see what levels your blood are showing to see if you're conducive with either a nine-week pregnancy or like an eight or seven-week pregnancy because if it's an eight or seven, then obviously, um, you yeah, it's probably a loss. Um, and uh, when I was on the flight home, she did text me say it was my levels were conducive with a nine week pregnancy. So there was a germ of hope there, but I was so confused. Like I was very confused, and I was very dramatic and upset. Um, and Tom was amazing. While I was in the air, he like had called around and organized all these ultrasounds for the next day. Um, and uh, when I got the ultrasound, like. He was so fine. Yeah, I'll never forget. We've still got the video. He had in that space of since our earlier ultrasound that we'd done, that he looked like a gummy bear and he was like wiggling around. <laughs> and like he had two circular hands, two circular feet and was just like, oh, here I am. <laughs> um, and I just remember like, like, oh, hi. Just <laughs> life. Um, and then the doctor said when we went back for the review to look at the test, he just was like, oh, it must have been um, an implantation bleed. The fetus is obviously like, it's so graphic. The fetus is obviously like burrowed into your uterus and probably nicked a um, blood vessel and you have um, bled a lot. But um, from there, so that was like a dramatic beginning. And then from there, it was pretty easy sailing. I had morning sickness for about three months, uh, but it was like all day long sickness. Like none of this morning shit. It was like morning to night. I felt like I don't know why they're called morning sickness. Just yet again, they just, you know, <laughs> minimize the experience of women. I think everyone just kind of like downplay pregnancy and birth yeah. a lot. Absolutely. Tricking, yeah. tricking um, you know, human to keep breeding and keep this yes. thing going. There's a lot of trickery generally, I think. A lot of trickery and just a lot of downplaying. Um, because, yeah, I would describe it to Tom as like, I felt like I was being pulled to the ground with a chain. I put like a yoga mat in my studio in the city just so I could like lie down on the floor because I had taken to just sleeping on the wood for a while and was like, I just need to like lay something down. Cause yeah, I was exhausted and nauseous. I didn't vomit very much, but like 
I almost wish that I had because there was just no relief to the yeah. nausea. Yeah. yeah. So I just ate a lot of crispy strips to kind of take that edge off. Um, and, uh, and eventually it just wound up and then I had a pretty summery time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Until the moment. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, that's how you go. That's it. That's <laughs> what about you? How was your pregnancy? My pregnancy was fine. Same deal. Um, the first three months, I was just so tired and nauseous. Yeah. Um, I couldn't sit in the back in the back seat of the car. Um, oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it was just I just get motion sickness. Um, mm. And <clears throat> oh, what else happened? It felt like so long ago, but not really. I, I really miss my bump but I don't miss yeah. the birth and potentially having another newborn, <laughs> the scary yeah. stage. Um, mm. I was, so as soon as three months was over, were over, I ticked into the next symptoms or the second trimester straight away, which was yeah. like pains in my hip. And Oh yeah. I forgot about this. I did have a lot of round ligament pain actually. Yeah. yeah. I get curved around my whole right side of my stomach. And it was agony. Hey, so you got it in your hip. You I got like hip. Yeah, some days I couldn't walk, which yeah. was inconvenient. Uh, yes, <laughs> um, but it actually gave me a real insight into the idea of like, oh, like a very small insight, obviously, into chronic pain and that mm. idea. Like at least we, like when you're pregnant, you're like this will end hopefully. Yeah. But imagine, yeah, like living with a chronic. It's really yeah. debilitating and yeah. just like your entire day in life yeah and I get really angry when the doctors or whatnot tells me that um you'll get better once the baby comes mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, there's weeks away I yeah. like what can I do surely there's something I can do to and they're like no nah, you just gotta wait for the baby to come that's the thing too that's funny is I feel like in the in like saying that there's a lot of minimizing and and trivializing there's this I feel like constantly I kept hearing from people it'll go so far It'll just go so far. Yeah. So, and then they're like, oh, you're in pain. It'll just fly by. I'm like, it does not fly by the way you say it's going to fly yeah. by. It is still time. Just because you're having experience, yes, that will end. Doesn't mean that it just disappears in a cloud of magic. Like yeah. it still is laborious and often grueling to go through if it is painful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny though? I had carpal tunnel on my um, hands towards the end, yeah. the, like the, part, oh, the last wow. few weeks or whatever, and it went away um, maybe a few days after Akira was born. Oh wow! Like, so this is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. So Hugo was overdue. Uh, yes, he was. I like only by a little bit though, because I had him just over forty weeks. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Were well, you, so you, you were over his due date? Uh, yeah, I was induced. Yeah, yeah. And how was that? Uh, oh, <laughs> what a time! Wait, did you uh, pick the so date, or the day picked the date? The um, obstetrician picked the date mm. of when he was going to be uh, induced. And so the Saturday prior, um, let's get into some gory detail. <laughs> so the Saturday prior, I lost my mucus plug, Ooh. which was a stunning jellyfish-like thing. Mm. Um, and I was like, on that Saturday, what an emotional description. 
<laughs> Welcome to me. Um, yeah, mucus plug on the Saturday and I was like, this is it. I'm going to have a baby. Yeah. Um, and I texted all my friends. I literally was like, the mucus plug has left the building. Um, <laughs> I texted my mom. And again, my mom has a similar energy of me in terms of like drama. Things yeah. are a force. And she was like, you're going to have a baby tonight. Uh, and then when the ba- I didn't have him, I was like, where's the baby? But then I started getting really crampy mm. and I bought an exercise ball to like, you know, bounce on. Mm. And um, it felt like it was interesting. During the day, I wouldn't be so painful. The, the round ligament pain, which kind of wrapped up at about um, six months, I think, uh, kicked in again towards the end. And I was so achy and tired. I was also enormous by the end. Mm. And um, I, uh, what was I going to say? Um, oh yeah, I at night the pain would set in. It was like it was really interesting that it wouldn't happen during the day. It felt quite witchy. Like as night would fall, I would start to get like really um, sore and feel like that pressure. Um, he had flipped at that point too. He'd been flipped for a little while, so I knew that his head was down there. Um, but then when I went in, and I kept in touch loosely with my obstetrician at this time. Um, and then when I went in, I think on, from Saturday to the Tuesday for a checkup, she um, had a look downstairs, had a look downstairs. <laughs> and what a beautiful place. What a beautiful place in my cellar. And she was, um, and she just said like, oh, like you're not dilated or anything like you're mm-hmm. um, still closed for trade. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, but he looks like he's starting to engage or something. I can't quite remember. But yeah. um yeah, basically still not nothing happening other than, but I felt like things were progressing like in my body. Yeah. Uh, but she said to me that like, look, she did some blood tests and everything and looking at my blood tests, it's still such a mystery because again, you just go by what they tell you. But yeah. she said that she didn't like my levels in terms of like the possibility of getting preeclampsia um, in the week um, prior. And obviously I knew all about preeclampsia from watching Downton Abbey uh, <laughs> and knew that it could end quite badly. <laughs> Um, and so what did you? Uh, what research did you do for your pregnancy? Yeah, I a lot of shows. Uh, <laughs> Abby, call a midwife, and <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and then so um, so she was like, if you don't go into labour naturally by like Thursday, we're going to induce you on Friday. And so uh, to get back to your question, I'm so bad at actually answering questions. FYI, I'm so sorry for the <laughs> roundabout journey we'll go on. To answer your question, the induction was very aggressive. I found the insertion of the gel to be a really actually good introduction to um, birth and the way your body is handled, like it's not your own. And um, it just was very, like it was aggressive. I I would describe it as like being punched um, internally. And and so began the... um, I pretty much had immediate pain after that. And I was very confused though, because um, I was unsure whether, because I could obviously you feel how aggressive the insertion is. Um, I, I was very confused whether my body was reacting to that because again, that's never happened to me before. Yeah. Like that's what's so hectic about birth as well is that generally if you're in a monogamous relationship, like there's only one person that has been seeing you naked or been touching your parts for a long time. And even before that, like you're taught, I feel like even in Western culture, at least you're taught to be quite private about your body. Yeah. Like your body is very sacred. 
you know, it's just you experiencing your body and your partner. And then when you get to the hospital, like you are available to be like, yeah, treated as aggressively as you need to be treated or not need to be treated. And I felt, I felt like I was, I was quite challenged from the very beginning um, to deal with that, but also dealing with the fact that I don't like to, I, I, I wanted to be cool about it, you know? Like I wanted to be a good hospital uh, dweller. I wanted to be, yeah. I wanted to be a cool mom from the get-go. <laughs> I know, it's so lame to admit so were that. You, were you kind cell. of like, ooh, I don't really want to show you my cellar? Uh, no, I was, I, again, because I wanted to be cool about it, I was like, here's my cellar. And then I was like, oh, you fucking smashed all the bottles in my cellar. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> how great how cool I am about this um but very rapidly I did after they left and I um I immediately felt like you know what I would feel when I get my period like really crampy Mm. um and suddenly like quite um yeah like I I could feel like something something shifted immediately straight Um, away straight away yeah yeah and I felt it um yeah really like in my abdomen yeah and in my and I was like, something is afoot. But they said to me as well, this is why it was so confusing. They were like, good night. They were like, now we've done this. Um, you will feel uncomfortable for about half an hour, um, but then you're going to drift off to sleep and we'll see you tomorrow for the impending labour and you'll probably have your baby in the afternoon. Did you so I was like, like for um, fraud? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they were like, I felt it very, and like, I was like, I've been such a good girl. And I thought that, I will drift off to sleep. But when they left, yeah, I felt the cramps and um, Tom was with me and uh, we both like uh, chatted it out and I was like, yeah, I'm feeling the pain, but they said that. So good night, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember too, we immediately started listening to this really murdery podcast. Um, And uh, that's just a side note. That's what was going on in the last room because I was like, I'll just drift off to sleep with this intense podcast. But... um, (laughs) Ne'er did we finish the episode because, yeah, so about half an hour passed and I was like, there's no improvement. Like, it's just starting to escalate, the pain yeah. of escalating. Um, called, called the midwife, a la a good TV show. <laughs> and uh, got reassured the first time and then multiple times after that that my pain was totally within reason and that um, I just needed to take uh, a chill pill but no actual pills because it would pass. <laughs> um, and then it was funny because, like, I don't know if you found this when you were like learning about birth and stuff, you hear pain relief mentioned a lot, but they, it's only really in relation to morphine, gas mm-hmm. and the epidural. Um, so when she came in and was like, do you, okay, do you want some pain relief? I was like, oh gosh, like we're only like half an hour, an hour in. Like I was, I, from listening to everything and all the reading I'd done, I had kind of wanted to try and get as far through a natural birth as I could because I was really from the get-go conscious about tearing. And from what I had seemingly researched, the um, benefit of not getting um, epidural and stuff was that you could kind of feel it, push when you needed to push. Um, so I was like, I'm going to try and get as far as I can and at least to even just experience the pain and then wrap it up. Um, when I when I feel like I've had enough, so I had that in my mind. And when she started talking about pain relief, I was like, "Oh no, it's like too soon." Um, so we did that a couple of times where I called her in and kind of just wanted to chat through my pain because uh, it was getting really bad to the point where I was like starting to moan. Um, and then 
by the end I was like okay like what what pain relief should I start on and it was so funny because she was like oh well I can give you a Panadol (laughs) I was like excuse me and it's funny obviously they have to be really serious about all the drugs that they give out at the hospital but I was like I don't know why I haven't cracked into my own Panadol yet. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, she gave me a Panadol and from there we started escalating. So then after the Panadol didn't work, she gave me a Tremadol or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and nothing did anything. It just, I start, so it started like me calling on them, me getting these pain relief options. And I was like full, like screaming into Tom mm-hmm. though. But like hour four, I was just like, he was my pain because I would just, I was like, I was also trying to be kind of quiet. I felt really embarrassed because they kept just being like, like she, one of the ladies actually was like, gosh, how are you going to find birth if this is oh, how you're reacting to the rude. gel? Um, yeah. 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 And I was like, I started to feel like, yeah, I just, I couldn't hack it. Also, I had a cold. I literally got a cold the day before and I, I was feeling a little bit feverish and kind of just generally off my game mm-hmm. uh, and I started to cough. And so I was, I was really self-conscious, like I wasn't um, doing a good job sort of thing from the get-go. So I was like trying to scream into Tom and like muffle um, my moaning and stuff. And then eventually I just gave into it. And I remember the, the nurse came in and was like, gosh, you're making like a real ruckus. Um, how about we give you some morphine? And again, I, and I said to her, I was like, oh, like doesn't the morphine like affect the baby's heart rate? And she was like, that's only a concern if you're four hours away. Like if you have a baby within four hours getting the morphine and she's like, right. you're not having a baby till tomorrow. So like get a grip, take the morphine and get some sleep. Jeez. And again, like, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, like cool. Um, and, uh, but again, the morphine did nothing. It did nothing really? at all. Yeah, not a thing. It just was the pain was insane. And Tom and I were like, I kept saying to Lily, like, am I, like, am I in labor? Like, if, this is what I feel like I thought it was going to feel like because this is really, really painful. You weren't in the birthing like, oh. suite at all at this point. No, I was just in like a little purgatory room, just kind of waiting to go into my yeah. suite. Just late, like the next day. Um, have I fast forwarded too much from this journey? Do you want me no, to keep going? It's fine. But um, I, I'm wondering how they um, ad- administered the morphine. Is in needle? Uh, it was in my leg. Yeah, needle in my leg. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wondered that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Don't <laughs> worry. My leg from memory anyway in this dreamscape. Uh, and then after that, yeah, after the morphine didn't do anything, then I think that like I um yeah I just kept moaning. And then because I, I had also to prepare, I'd watched a bunch of YouTube videos and. Um, I did find that um, show One Born Every Minute, you know, it's like super British and 90s and gnarly, um, really helpful because I was just like full leaned into like making horse sounds and like I was just like, I'm going to act, if this is, if these are, if this is just the gel crap as they kept referring to it as, I was like, I'm just going to do what I have to do to get through them. Uh, and Tom and I like as well, we were like, we're going to be detectives, let's see if we can measure these contractions. Yeah. But um, there was no break. It just it was continuous pain. So we were like, oh, obviously it, it's a cramp. Um, and then eventually it got to a point where the nurse came in and she was like, you're starting to disturb like the other guests. Like we're going to need to give you an epidural so that you can get some sleep because if you're really exhausted before your labour tomorrow, it's just going to be bad news for you. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, I need to like what is birth going to be like if this is just the cramp? And then I was, you know, I've 
was again connecting to that idea that birth was just like this totally unmanageable, you know, horrible pain that you could describe. Um, so, uh, so I was like, okay. Um, even though I felt disappointed, I was like, I'll get the um, epidural, uh, and that's when they took me to the birth suite, and it was like a full movie moment because I was like screaming through the halls. They put me in a wheelchair, and the, the pain was just escalating so much. Mm. Um, and uh, I got down to the birthing suite, and it just felt like, I think as it was at night, the hospital felt so quiet. It's like there was like no one there. When we got into the birthing suite, like all they had to like, the lights were so dim, which was good because that was like a good vibe. But it just, I, like the whole thing felt like, where is everyone? And there was one really young nurse in there. And I, she looked so shook when I came in because I was like, I'm dying, like help me. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, by the time I got there, I was just in crazy pain. And immediately I just got totally naked because I'd been dressed at that point. Totally naked on all fours. Actually, no, I still had like a little bralette on, I think, but I took my undies off and everything. And I was like, I am now. I, as soon as I entered the birth suite, I was like, I can be the animal that I need to be. <laughs> my <laughs> spirit got, animal my spirit yeah. animal during birth was a hippo. That's the only thing oh I could God. think of. Yeah, I, I kept I kept being like I'm a cow, like I'm a real that came out of me. It's like I can't even like tell you what the noises were. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I can do it again. No, it's like so, it's like both. Well, it's obviously your hippo brain, my cow brain, our lizard brain. Like your lizard brain just switches into doing what you gotta do. Yeah. That's what I actually enjoy about birth now looking back I feel like there was some real and maybe you felt this a little bit like there's some like power reserve there that you yeah. just didn't know existed until yeah. you have to like tap into it I surprised um, myself and probably yeah, yeah. as well to be honest <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god that's one of the main things I remember is just all the faces from Tom like so many wide eyes like him trying to like really you know be my rock but also he was probably so deeply terrified by the looks of these faces um <laughs> uh yeah were naked yeah I was naked on the bed on all fours and she started like hooking me up to things and he, um I, Tom kind of explained to her what happened I, I guess the nurses the midwives must have like handed me over in some way yeah um and I remember this girl's name was Hattie she was so sweet and I was like Hattie help me like what's going on and then um she had a look at me um and like uh, did an examination and I just heard her say to Tom, oh, my God, she's eight and a half centimetres dilated. Yep. And I was like, I immediately, because I heard her say that, and I was like, I knew it. I knew it. Like, like, it made so much sense to me. And she said, she explained straight away, she was like, the reason why you are in so much pain is because the gel has overstimulated your uterus. You were obviously quite close to going to labour. Yeah. Um, and there's not been a break in your contractions for the last however many hours. So um, the pain is just being like constant. Um, and immediately, like I felt, I felt a bit disappointed just because I was like, I felt like to some extent I'd kind of missed my labor because I was so unsure about what was happening. And then I also remember like, like from the side of the bed, like looking out to the birth suite at all the like stunning facilities that I could have been using. Like I would have loved to shower or bath during that time, you know, but I was like, whatever. I was in such deep pain that she, um, 
from watching One Born Every Minute, I knew that the gas that seemed to like work either really well for some people or not at all. And I think mentally I was kind of prepared for it not to work at all because that seemed to be quite common. But it actually did work really well for me. And um, as soon as I started sucking on that gas, I kind of used it as like a snorkel, which is not what you meant to do. But I like just breathe in and out on it like it was a <laughs> like it was a candy cane. Like I was just finally <laughs> had some kind of relief. And then I just continued with my cow sounds and my um, snorkeling uh, for a while. And I, I said to Hattie, I was like, so this pain has obviously been phenomenal. <laughs> and I'm still, because my obstetrician wasn't there. She called my obstetrician after she had seen how far I was dilated to tell it to come. Um, and uh, she said to me that like I was probably like an hour or so off actually giving birth to Hugo. Right. Um, so it was like not far away because I was eight and a half centimetres. And I like I somehow in, in all this had some rational conversations where I was like, so if I've managed to get through that pain and like that's labour and we're heading towards birth, I was like, how much more painful do you think pushing him out will be comparatively do I, like, if I don't have the epidural and I push when you tell me to push, by this point I felt, like, really, like, oh, my God, like, I've gotten something through something so harrowing. I reckon mm-hmm. I can get to the time. Um, uh, and she was like, look, I think it's, like, all on the same mood board of pain. Like, if you don't want the epidural, like, you can you can get through it. And I was like, she's like, you've been, you've seen some dark shit. Like, like yeah, you can get to the answer. She was like, or at least, at the very least, maybe wait till your obstetrician gets here. Yep. uh, And chat to her about it. And I was like, okay. So I did. And it felt like an eternity till my obstetrician got there. And I will say, I I never felt like a a good connection to my obstetrician. Like I just always got the vibe that she was way too busy, which I'm sure she was. Lots of people that she was helping. and so like you know some of the other people i some friends of mine had like their obstetrician on text and stuff you know there was some kind of communication but like there was there was nothing and i just remember over that hour just being like where is the obstetrician like i knew she was it was like 4 a.m but i was like 5 a.m i was like where is she like so i knew i couldn't start push her and like you know i wasn't meant to things weren't meant to ramp up until she got there um and then finally she, she came in and then she, she, I mean, she did give some, some solid uh, <laughs> tips because as soon as she arrived, she kind of looked at everyone like, what the hell is going on? Um, and uh, immediately gave me, I think it was oxytocin. I yeah. think that's what she gave me. That, um, b- because she, she was like, we need to create a break in the contractions. Otherwise, she's not going to know when to push. Um, and also she said to me straight away, she was like, why haven't you had an epidural yet? Like sort of thing. And I was like, well, I... I wanted to, to try and do it. Um, uh, but she was, uh, I think she was a bit confused. I don't know what I was doing either. I just thought I was making brave, heroic choices. Oh, but um, never had this before. Yeah. And I feel like I did go in with something to prove to myself, even though I thought I also had the mantra before, don't be a hero. Like I was fully intending somewhere in my brain to get the epidural because my mom had had a terrible birth and always stood by the fact that her getting an epidural had like saved her life because she wouldn't have been able to handle the pain from what happened. Um, so I had always been pretty set on it, but something had switched in my brain where I was like, I, I want to try and see what I can do. But so I did get the impression I was just so confused the whole time. <laughs> I feel that my decisions were like, were they right? Were they wrong? And then when she arrived, she gave me, yeah. Sorry. I, I Sorry. Felt like, um, 
I, I'd rather be told what to do. Me too, because yeah. you've never done it before, right? And that's the thing too, consistently I had so much faith in the nurses being like, no, you're not in labour. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, have this pain relief, do this, you feel like this, you know, mm-hmm. just, yeah. That, and if I did it again, I don't know if you feel this way, I feel like that's the thing I would enjoy more about the second baby is just having more information and having a bit more confidence in myself Definitely. and how I feel. And even confidence in, um, yeah, not being cool about things and just being, being yeah, a bit cray cray. If I need, yeah, yeah, just yeah. have more confidence and be more assertive. Um, and that's even been a consistent thing of some lessons I've learned even after I've had Hugo. I feel like the universe has been like, be more assertive. Don't worry about being easygoing. Like, you know, they know uh, more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I have found even yeah that when I when I try to be easygoing or for, to impress some invisible nothing, <laughs> that, that's when shit can actually go really badly. It's like, yeah, when you don't listen to yourself and you try to tap into, I don't know what, something, something else. Um, yeah, that a couple of situations have arisen where I'm like, oh, I wish, okay, lesson learned, I'm going to be more assertive and yes. say yes or no. I need to, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, she arrived, gave me the oxytocin, and then like it felt like immediately it was like time to push. It was it was like six six a.m. by that point, um, and she had said too that it'll take like an hour to give birth to him. But things ramped up really quickly, and I just remember the pain. Like it was definitely Hattie had been right. It was the same. I had found the contractions so painful that actually like the pushing pain to me was on the same level as all the contraction pain that I'd had. The main difference was that um, I felt way more fear at that point because I was starting to feel like the pain was just such a wash that I couldn't feel anything. And when they said push, I actually, yeah, I felt like I, I, I was pushing, but I couldn't feel like I was pushing anymore. Um, and then something, I think he must have popped out a little bit because I saw them all get a bit stern and my obstetrician was like, okay, we, um, we need to like speed this up because we can see that the cord is around his neck. Um, so uh, you need to, oh, and because and, I think we, there had been some talk maybe about getting the epidural or getting some pain relief or something at this point. And I still wanted to forge through, sorry, I'm misremembering this a little bit. Anyway, yeah, no, the cord was um, around his neck um, oh yeah, and then she was like, "We're going to have to give you an episiotomy," oh. and at that point where I really got really upset, <laughs> probably like him hanging out of me. I was just like, "No!" because that—that's what had happened to my mum. She'd got an episiotomy and she hemorrhaged, um, and that's why she was really glad that she had the epidural. And at that point, I felt really disappointed that I hadn't gotten an epidural because as soon as she said I was going to get the episiotomy, I immediately thought that I was going to die. Like, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to cut me. I'm never going to be able to poop again. Um, I'm going to bleed out. And well, the you pain. poop better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, this is it. Yeah, I could. maybe I'm going to be pooping too much. Yeah. <laughs> too much poop. Too much poop. Um, but uh, anyway, so, uh, but then I, I was freaking out. I think I was screaming at her. And she was like, she, that, she was really great at this point. She was just like, I'm going to cut you. You're going to push really hard and, I mean, you're going to push more so that you can get this baby out or right. we're a big trouble. Um, and so I did. And somehow, I don't even know because, like I said, the, 
the pushing, I couldn't even feel it, even though I had been like, I will not get an epidural so I can feel everything. I feel like I couldn't even feel anything at the end anyway. Um, but somehow he was born. They put him on my chest and um, God, what a sweet, sweet angel. Mm. Uh, and then he made a little squawk and then he went like totally quiet and like um, I saw something was up straight away. He just started going like a dark, dark purple. And then I was like, he's not breathing, he's not breathing. And then suddenly, like, out of nowhere, again, it's such a haze, like, 20 people came into the room and, like, just took him um, to the little recess table. And, uh, God, that was a real low point. Like, I was, I, I, I really thought that, like, I was like, he's dead. Like, it sounds so grim, but I was like, it's, it's, that's, that's it. Um, and uh, I kept yelling, like, is he alive? Is he alive? And they were like, yes, he's alive, you crazy person. But I was like... I didn't believe them. Like, I think so much had happened. I've been so confused and I felt like things that people had said no to or yes to hadn't come to, hadn't come to fruition. And so I felt like, I was like, that's it. And Tom, Tom wouldn't, like, Tom just stayed by my side. He didn't go over there. I think he also was quite, like, obviously he was quite shook. And I think, I just never forget, he just would not stop looking at me. He was like, I don't, I don't think he even wanted to entertain the possibility of, something um of it ending badly but um thank god next minute he was like back um and they just said that he had actually on his way out and with the cord drama he must have like sucked in some mucus and that um, because he's so fresh or something like his lungs had been like emergency cut off like they they just stopped breathing um and so they needed to clear his airways and they did they just sucked it all out and he came like he was back he's back um so that was that. Yeah. <laughs> Baby born. <laughs> so was he born? He came out quite quickly then in the end. Yeah, yeah, really quickly. He, he actually came out from that, uh, from 6, he was born at 6.30, so um, half an hour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Akira came out early as well and she did have yeah. issues and stuff, but they didn't no. know anything about it. Um, oh, right, okay. Yeah, but she was yeah. just like snotty from day one. yeah yeah little naughty oh my god that was actually a nickname for him for so so long oh, naughty like yeah not around mm-hmm. and like you know, when they're looking for yeah milk when i think it's just so when they're like oh yeah, see tit. <laughs> we had to end this episode suddenly as there was a little bit of hectic times on my end I'm signed up to the Vic emergency app and because there has been a small fire near us, my phone was blowing up and it sent me and a very concerned friend into panic mode. All was well though, so stay tuned for part two, which will be dropping next week. If you like what you've been hearing so far, please leave us a good review on Spotify and iTunes. It would mean so much. Thank you. Bye.